0: Welcome to Leap LeapListens, the employer branding podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined by my co-host, Roger. Hello. Leap Listens is brought to you by Leap Create, a dynamic people communications agency.
1: Jess Matthewman is an employer brand consultant and trainer based in Manchester, who works with clients to develop and implement effective employer brand and recruitment marketing strategies. She's currently global head of brand at Olex, one of the world's largest classifieds businesses. And she has worked in the past with other global companies, including WTW and Hilti. Welcome to the podcast, Jess.
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: Fantastic. Jess, could you share with us a little bit about your background and experience in employer branding?
2: Yes, of course. And I will try and be brief because I've jumped around a lot. But I originally started working in marketing in marketing agencies. So I come from kind of that background rather than the HR background, which I know a lot of people also have. I started out as a a social media strategist, actually, and kind of went through lots of agencies doing that before going in-house. And it was whilst I was in-house at Hilti, which make power tools, that I kind of started leaning towards an employer brand sort of interest. Mm -hmm. And from there, I worked at Willis Towers Watson, started working as a consultant as well, and have done quite a few different roles before landing at OLX, where I'm now global head of employer brand.
0: Fantastic, Jess. Can you tell us how does the concept of employer brand adapt when a business or market is facing challenging times? Yeah, this is an interesting question.
2: I think there's a few different angles to it. I think first of all, you know, the concept of employer brand it shifts a lot when we're having a, a difficult time in the business or in the market. The first thing is is that people tend to think about employer brand as recruitment marketing, and often when you're working with businesses, they sort of see that, and that is. At least 90% of what they expect employer branding to do. But in reality, and, and for me, employer branding is is kind of through that entire life cycle. You know, at every touch point, when we have a candidate or a colleague or a former colleague interacting with the brand and forming an opinion of the brand, then that is employee branding. So really, you know, when things start to get tough, I, I, I often see the question of, well, what, what are you going to do now? You're not hiring. <laughs> do we need an employee brand team? Um, and you sort of take a a deep breath and say, um, yes. Um, and like the first thing that happens is, you know, you kind of just have to shift the mindset. So it's a little bit more internally focused rather than thinking about that big push towards potential candidates. But as well as that, I think the kind of scope of what an employer brand team does can also expand at that time as well. So beyond the day-to-day you know you might be working in employee experience already and employee listening as well as recruitment marketing but when it comes down to say you know bad news or um, challenging financial times for the business or anything that's happening there you suddenly have to start working with crisis comms and internal comms and managing kind of both that internally and externally so you kind of then have to broaden what it is that employer brand does um, And then lastly on that, I think it's also important to remember that it's kind of a loaded question, really, isn't it? Like, how does it adapt? Well, I don't know if it always has to adapt, really, because, again, people assume that nothing's happening with your hiring or uh, your kind of attraction strategy for bringing people in. But at the same time, some of those things shouldn't radically change because he's not happening then but it never sleeps you know your talent brand is always there people are still researching the business uh they still want to know about you so there's there's still at the very basic level a kind of maintenance that you're going to have to do so the focus can shift and expand but it's not going to completely change and there's a bit of a danger i think in in thinking that
1: And you've you've touched on it a little bit there, and you kind of said that, obviously, if things aren't going so well, sometimes you have to shift that focus internally. So how can you still communicate the values of a brand to attack potential talent and keep communicating externally to a talent audience if things aren't quite going as well for the business as you'd like?
2: Yeah, so I think with that, it's interesting. that I think the first thing you need to do is really kind of take a step back and think about basics of what you're doing before we start thinking about how you can carry on communicating those values for example and attracting that talent you've got to take a step back and do the kind of foundational work and by that I mean you need to address the situation that is happening within the business um, you know work with your current employees first um, and really make sure that you're handling that well um you know you're going to be judged on how you communicate um, with what is going on. If you do a terrible job of this, then the rest is going to be super hard work. I don't like to kind of slag anybody off and um, use British words. But, um, you know, I think t- Twitter is, is an interesting example of this, you know, how things are communicated and then also the lasting repercussions of that. I had a quick look at Glassdoor for, for Twitter earlier and it's it's not good. So, you know, you're just storing up future problems for yourself. I would say. And that is no disrespect to the employer brand team there at all. I'm sure their job is difficult at the moment. But anyway, I think, you know, how you communicate what's going on, how you manage the situation in the first instance is super important. And you have to be really authentic and, and super transparent about that as well. The more straight to the point that you can be and the more genuine you appear, um, the more successful you're going to be. And people can see straight through any kind of uh, euphemisms or things that are purposely vague and you know they don't want to hear it it's better not say anything at all almost if you're not going to have kind of an honest conversation and once you've done that I think you really have to think about kind of what is happening for your, your people at that time as well you need to have a people first approach and again we're still the even on the basics here but it's really easy I found you know when working with different businesses that you can get really caught up in the detail of what's happening and thinking, oh, the numbers and this many people are going to be impacted, or, or this is what's happening on our results at the minute. And but really, you know, you're made up of your people as a business, and you need them. And I think the focus should really be on, okay, how are our colleagues doing? How are the employees? How is it affecting them? And looking after their well-being. Our CPO, at OLX, always says, I don't know what book it's from. She reads lots of books. I don't. But you know, people. <laughs> People remember how you made them feel, not what you said or what you did. And that is so true. Like people will bear a grudge um, and people will be delighted with kind of how you treated them, even in like a poor process. So, for example, you know, if the news isn't great, I, I have seen really impressive kind of approaches to layoffs, for example, or big changes in businesses where, you know, people are worried about their roles and they're still advocates and people who leave the business are still ambassadors overall. And you know, the the employer brand is still really strong because people, internally, externally, they still understand and respect the decisions that have been made. So yeah, that's that's just a, a little tangent on how we um how we approach those kind of things. But I think if then you want to um, start talking about your brand and your values and promoting that even even when you've got this kind of challenging time going on you know, you've addressed that elephant in the room and now you can look more towards the future and communicating those positives. So it might be similar to what you've always done, restarting your equipment marketing, working with internal comms. You know, this could be in the case, especially if it's just been kind of a blip or a bit of bad press and you're ready to move on from that now. when things are a little bit longer or, you know, sustained difficult times, um, then you might need to build things up a bit more slowly again and kind of understand as well that things are just gonna keep changing. I think the new normal of the past few years has, um, obviously it's been a wild ride, but I think people are now used to things changing so much. And one of the learnings for me from that is that you've got to be very agile in your plans, which for me is very difficult because I like to have a a three year strategy that mapped out on an Excel sheet. (laughs) you know and being flexible with that and help communicate that as well i think you need you really need to get your leadership teams on board get their participation and make sure that they are setting that vision that is really steering the ship um there's only so much we can do
0: yeah that was one of my questions actually for you jess was you know how can the leadership team play a a role in communicating and embedding that employer brand, particularly during these, you know, sort of turbulent times and what strategies can they employ to inspire and motivate employees?
2: Yeah. So I think the leadership team, you know, they, they play a really critical role, like you say, and it's essentially people don't want to listen to me. People don't want to listen to my employer brand words. They want to listen to a leadership and they want to listen to people in the business. I think there's a few things that they can do to really help the employer brand side of things um first of all be visible it's sometimes tempting to try and take a step back and not to you know um ruffle any feathers with kind of what you're saying or you know if you are the targets of people's wrath almost for some of these decisions it's probably tempting not to be too visible but i think they need to really be at the forefront of of what is happening and explaining what the vision is in the long term and that's how you sort of stay the ship and get people on board again um, and then help them to unite behind whatever it is the employer brand proposition is Um, be accessible as well, make sure that they are available and speaking to people, reiterating what the employer brand kind of values and our messages are. Um, And also something that I've found in particular as well in working for a few different businesses and seeing this be successful is you need to get your managers on board and understanding what your EVP is, what your employer brand is about and what the vision is. And um, to be able to cascade that further, you know, you can be a, a CEO on tour for most of the year, just talking about the same thing, but um, you need other people to help repeat those messages as well.
1: Yeah. There's a couple of words that we hear a lot on this podcast, cast, and one of them is authentic and the other is storytelling. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to put them together and uh, say, what role does authentic storytelling play in communicating the employer brand during Difficult period.
2: Yeah, well, authentic storytelling. Everybody loves those words. Um, but they yeah, are. They're super important. <laughs> and I mean, I probably don't need to they kind are. of tell your listeners, but, you know, nobody, again, nobody really cares about what I want to say. It's harsh, but true. And nobody really listens to what the brand has to say. They want to hear those kind of real stories from colleagues and leaders um, and alumni as well to get kind of the real perspective on, on what's going on. So when things aren't great, you know, the first two groups, alumni and your current employees, they're the ones who are going to tell the truth about the organization. And again, I think sometimes people are a little bit scared off because they don't want to see the harsh truth. But if you have done that sort of basic foundational stuff of, authentically kind of communicating with people um, and looking after your employees as best you can, then hopefully there shouldn't be much to be scared of, really, because they will understand what's happening. People are reasonable, you know, and they will still want to participate and tell kind of what their experiences have been. So it might not be as easy as, as when things are all going really well as going, hi, can you tell us how great this business is? And we'll get a quote. Fantastic. But instead, you can speak to them kind of about their honest stories about how they've learned resilience how they've grown what challenges they've faced and those stories are useful for people who are within the business but it also kind of helps to reflect that you know you're a growing and changing organization and again it's this is the truth and this is what we're doing so rather than trying to pay, paint over things with a nice happy clappy story yeah. Yeah. um again you can sort of build on that
0: authenticity that's great and can you Share any examples of organisations that have done this well in, you know, in tough times and what lessons have you learned um, from their outcomes?
2: I can't think of, well, I can't name anyone specifically, but I think I've I've worked with two organisations who've done this really well. And the thing that I learned from them in particular was it was around the authenticity in the wording that they use. So, you know, being to the point, being really straightforward and also keep it really simple. And then also the way in they communicated it, it wasn't a once and done. It's very frequently kind of putting these messages out there. So people understand because this is what I've seen as well. Other businesses is they just don't get it. Like we've told them, we've told them that this is what's happening. You know, we've, we've launched our EVP and we, we did a, a presentation about it. But people need to be told, I think, at least seven times before they actually absorb this information. I think I read somewhere else it's actually 30. It really makes sense because when you're in it and you've <laughs> sat there and, I don't know, you've made your EVP pillars or you've written this message and you've redrafted it 14 times, it seems obvious, but when someone hears it for the first time, like they've forgotten about yeah. it in 20 minutes. So, yeah, I think repetition is really key. Um,
1: and if, have you got any advice that you'd give other organisations having you've been through a a few now and you've got some stories to tell. Have you have you got any advice that you would give other organizations who are facing a tough time around how to handle their employer brand?
2: Yeah, I think it can really depend on what the tough time is really. I think sometimes it's bigger than you. You know, you can't fix the organisation's problems. You can't set the strategy or set the vision. So sometimes it is outside of your control and I think taking a step back and kind of realizing that can help you with with stress. It certainly has helped me in the past. But also I would say try and focus on the long term as well. Things happen and it's really hard to see the wood from the trees, you know, when you're in it. But if you think about kind of where the organization is looking to go in the future, that should really be the guiding light even if it's a bit kind of unsure at the minute. That should be the thing that you can kind of cling on to and, and try and build a strategy around That's great advice and also my personal advice as well i always say this with my friends uh, <laughs> from a, from my pr and marketing days is it's um pr not er you know we're not <laughs> we're operating on anybody yeah everything will be fine in the end
1: <laughs> my, mine around authenticity if you can fake that you've got it made
0: <laughs> it's true <laughs> excellent so finally jess we ask all of our listeners um, what are their top reads or listens that they can um, share with, with our listeners?
1: So bear in mind you already told us that you don't read anything. yeah, you might have to was, just, just yeah, just make it up. You can quickly Google it.
0: I was a bit worried about yeah. that.
2: Yeah. Authenticity. Now, <laughs> now I, um, I have like a three-year-old, so my, my free time is spent reading Peppa Pig and books like that. Wow. Eh? <laughs> Two books that I um really enjoyed reading and I think have stayed with me for a long time. One's the super cliche, lean in. I think kind of that was all rage 10 years ago. I think there's a few more kind of updated versions of that. But I found that really interesting. It kind of re kind of focused the way I thought about how businesses work. And having said that, actually, as well, I think there's um, quite a few Malcolm Gladwell books, which aren't specifically about employee branding. But again, I like reading that because it, it challenges your perceptions of the way you see the world. And then there's also a book called oh, it's about running. It's something like what I think about when I'm running or something like that. Um, It's by a Japanese author. My husband's going to laugh at me because I can't remember. But that's just a really good one about resilience and, you know, kind of mental focus as well. If you're into running, you'll enjoy it. If you're not, maybe, maybe not. Um, But yeah, those are my kind of broad reads. That sounds
1: great, yeah. No, I I must say I've listened to, I I only listen to books, I don't read them, but I have listened to all of the Malcolm Gladwell ones. And um, yeah, quite interesting, obviously, where the the 10,000 hours gets often quoted is all from that. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: Outliers, I think it is, is one of my Mm favourites.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I I enjoyed that. Yeah. I've listened to a few.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Well, look, um, thank you very much, Jess. I think there's a lot there for people to get their head round.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. fantastic. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening. For more expert insights, check out our other bite-sized episodes, perfect for micro learners and those with a short attention span, just like me. And if you're in employer branding and recruitment marketing, you might be interested in our monthly EB meetups. Just search EB meetup on LinkedIn and join our community. For anything else, contact us via leapcreate.co.uk. See you next time.